rubbed firmly with butter. <laughs> and then put the chicken in the oven. Cold chicken is really not very effective as any sort of sex aid. <laughs> and now on the BBC with dinner just coming up, it's time for Radioactive. Yes, welcome to another edition of Back Chat, the show which gives you the opportunity of getting in touch and praising or complaining about our programmes. But uh, before we start, uh, a lot of you have written in wondering what has happened to Uncle Mike Stand, who used to present our kiddies' show, Way Hey, It's Saturday. Well, <laughs> the good news for the kiddies is that Uncle Mike is due out on parole in a few months. <laughs> And he should be back working at the station in the new year. Get in touch with us on Backchat! Yes, indeed. Well, uh, <laughs> first of all, we've received a large number of letters concerning political bias in our current affairs output. Now, to show how seriously we take these allegations, here to answer them in the studio is our head of carpets. <laughs> um, tell me, do you, do you have any reason to think these allegations are true? No. No, splendid. <laughs> Well, moving on then, another subject that has uh, excited your interest is the radioactive drama repertory company. The hows, the wheres, and above all, the whys of their productions. We followed a typical day of the drama rep. Well, I've nobody needing any milk today, Mrs. McNaughton. Will you not, Alistair? It is a play set in Scotland. <laughs> Maliphant points this out to them. Jeremy is troubled by the fact that he only has one line and is having difficulty finding his motivation. Is it anger, do you think? Uh, no, no, I don't think anger. Uh, jealousy? No, not really jealousy. Curiosity? A little bit of curiosity, maybe. A little bit of curiosity? Yes, yes, try it with that in mind. Right. Can I take your bag, sir? <laughs> Was that all right? Yes, 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 yes fine. Yes, I think it's better with that little bit of curiosity, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> As usual, uh, Nigel Pry is in charge of the sound effects. Will you have some porridge, Hamish? Aye. And will you butter me some bread just now? <laughs> Help yourself to some more tea, laddie. Thanks. has been responsible for the sound effects, if responsible is the word, ever since he began at the station, and his success rate is extraordinary. A complete failure to reproduce even the simplest sounds. He has his own reasons for why this should be. Well, me, yes, man, prize certainly, and what are literally sound effects now here, bang, and crashing all about, really much the better for it. <laughs> and they will remain his own reasons until someone manages to understand them. But uh, whatever their failings, there's no denying that the radioactive repertory company has become an institution. Rather like Broadmoor, and with much the same problems. If you want to complain about any DJ, if you think Martin Brown should be put down, if you think Nigel Price should be blown sky high, if you think that Mike Flex should have his body annexed from his head, then why not call us and give us your views? Yes, indeed. The radioactive rep, who seem to be getting better, and they're going to give us a hand now in reading out some of your letters. As an unemployed miner from Newcastle, I was most offended... <laughs> ...suggesting I rush out and buy a particular record. Thoughtless remarks like this are deeply upsetting to those of us who are unable to afford records. And in a similar vein comes this letter from a factory worker in Coventry. 
I was most upset by your disc jockey asking someone to look here. Remarks like this are distressing to blind people, reminding them of their condition. Also, by using the word here in that context, you must have also been offending your many thousands of deaf listeners. Well, uh, thank you very much for that letter, Mrs. Cordingley, and it's certainly something we'll be looking into very seriously. Uh, the Right Honourable Brian Hope of Henley on Thames writes... I was disgusted by the juvenile nature of many of the shows I heard last week. So peep on belly bow drawers till a lot of you. <laughs> and we've received a postcard from the Isle of Wight saying... Having a lovely time. Wish you were here. Oh, that's from my production secretary, in fact. I'm not sure how they got mixed up with the rest of the letters. Uh, a retired colonel in Devon writes... I listen to radioactive to be entertained, not punished. If I want to be punished... I go to a little club in the centre of Soho where for twenty pounds I yes, get a little. Friend, uh, the handwriting becomes a little illegible after that. And uh, finally, a man in Essex writes. I'm writing to say how disappointed I am in your show backtracked. None of the voices of the people reading the letters seem to match the people who wrote them at all. Still, one good thing: at least you don't have any of those irritating electronic jingles which mar so many of programmes on BBC Radio. Radio active. Well, my much publicised and evidently welcome move to Sundays at 4am <laughs> was the decision of my next guest, my ex-producer of the Peak Time mid-morning show, Tim Blakeney. Hi, Mike. Hello, Timothy. Good to see you again. Yes, if I could begin by <laughs> asking you what led you to make such a curious decision in many respects as to have someone of the character of Mike Flex present my old show. Well, uh, we looked at the dwindling listening figures and were faced with the prospect of introducing a new face to halt the decline or allowing the slump to continue. Yes, well, don't skim over any facts, will you? Let us have the whole story. Of course, Mike. Yes, I understand that you had several letters of protest. Yeah, we had a number of letters complaining about your move to 4am. Ah, yes. Mainly from night workers. Really? Yeah. I see. So, uh, what would you say that Flex, uh, Mike Flex has over certain other presenters, exactly, I wonder? Well, let me see. Youth, good looks, his not being middle-aged, his being yes. at the start of his career and not at the end yes. of it, his yes. full head of hair... Right. Well, I seem to have run out of time there. That's another reason. Yes. So, I'd like to, uh, <clears throat> thank you for talking to me, but I really don't think I can bring myself to say it. Well, how delightful to hear Mike Channel there, and uh, we don't seem to hear as much of him on the radio as we used to, do we? <laughs> well, uh, we've had a number of phone calls from listeners dissatisfied with our traffic reports ever since we bought the new high-powered helicopter. Uh, Mr. B. Jason said his journey to Swindon each morning was not helped by reports of traffic jams outside Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> and Mrs. Balsam of Cheshire asked why the reports seem to be fortnightly now. Well, uh, we'll be asking the producer of that programme just as soon as he gets back from Antigua. <laughs> and still on the subject of the breakfast show, we've had a great many complaints, and somewhat understandably, about our resident astrologer, who was dismissed last Tuesday for inaccurately forecasting the next day. But uh, unfortunately had to continue doing her happy horoscope spot until the end of the week. This was Friday's farewell finale. Taurus, you are a large bull and will therefore find it difficult to get through doorways. <laughs> Capricorn, you are a mounting goat and should therefore stay indoors in case the neighbours see you. <laughs> Gemini, you are two people and should notify the electoral registrar as such. <laughs> and finally, Aquarius, you are a water carrier and must therefore declare this to the Inland Revenue. If we've caused offence... Push off, caller. Next. <laughs>
If we don't make sense Ja, 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 det var i ditt hånd Nej, men lite jävla, ja Get on the phone And get your own back On back Chat Now right now it's time for our chairman, Sir Norman Tonsil, to take your calls on anything you may wish to say about the station. And do you know the number? Yes, of course I know the number. It's my radio station. 4856242. So, first caller? Oh, Right, the first caller. <laughs> the first caller then? Uh, I think you should completely overhaul your output and improve everything about your station. Well, that's certainly something I shall take on board and then throw over the side the minute we get out of harbour. Uh, who's next? I think your programmes are amateurish rubbish. No, no, I'm sorry, I must totally disagree with you there. They're very professional rubbish. Uh, who's next? I'm rather enjoying this. Well, I think your phone-in programmes are dreadful. Whenever you don't agree with somebody, you just fade the maps out of the cup. Hmm. Because I never realised the power you had with these fader thingies. Uh, next. Uh, how about putting a bit more snooker on radio, eh? With great respect, I have to say that you are a completely unhinged lunatic. Next. Hello, I I'd like to... Uh... So why don't you go and jam your bottom in a bucket full of bottoms? I say this is rather enjoyable. <laughs> I wonder why I've never done it before, really. Commercial time. What happens when two very well-known building societies join together? The answer? You get one building society with a very silly name. <laughs> the Leeds Permanent Bingley. <laughs> silly, isn't it? In this day and age, no one can be too careful. And that's why we've invented New Attack Repel, the ultimate in assailant repellents. New Attack Repel, just press the button and it emits this terrifying sound. <laughs> New Attack Repel, in five different varieties, ranging from the frightening to the horrifying New Attack Repel. It's enough to make anyone run a mile. Happiness is hearing All of our listeners' complaints Their moans and groans and threats of litigation That's what makes us a happy station. Now, get on with it. <laughs> yes, sorry, Sir Norman, of course. Right, uh, right now it's the point in back chat where we turn a sympathetic ear to a number of our listeners who we've invited along to the studio today to speak for as long as they like about anything that concerns them. Ten seconds, Ronis! Yes, ten seconds for each of you to air your grievances. And uh, let's start with the gentleman who's uh, leaping up and down uh, at the front. Yes, uh, you, sir. Yes, I just think that radioactive should do more to publicise the views of the silent majority of people in this country who believe in the decent Christian values of the home, the family, and the return of capital punishment. Right. Uh, let's uh, just see if the rest of the audience here agree with you. Oh, well, you seem to be in a silent majority of one, in fact, today, so uh, let's How move on. How are in the silent majority going to get an opportunity to be heard? Well, we've just heard from you, in fact. All right. Well, thank you very much. Right. Uh, who's next? Has Radioactive considered the possibility of broadcasting more sexually explicit and risque material at a suitable time when only adults are listening? Mm, what time would you consider to be suitable? Uh, Ten o'clock on a Saturday morning. <laughs> well, I'm sure the normal listeners to Way Hey It's Saturday <laughs> would enjoy their fair share of hard porn. Uh, next. Why aren't the silent majority 
majority of people in this country ever given the opportunity to speak up? Uh, because once they started, they won't shut up. Uh, next. <laughs> yes, I'm sick and tired of people telling me what I can and can't listen to. Don't they know where the off switch is on their radio? Uh, well, let's just ask them, shall we? Do you? No, no, no. No, it seems they don't, I'm afraid. Uh, next, yes, uh, gentleman at the back uh, in the beard that seems to be coming unglued. Yes, I'd like to put in a word on behalf of the scientists. Yes, uh, not you, in fact, somebody else. Don't you think your broadcasting equipment is all getting a little bit out of date? I'm sorry, we didn't get that. I'm afraid the microphone seems to have packed up again. Next. Yes, and you've done that, and we thank you for doing it, and now we take the microphone away from you. I demand the right to remain silent. Will you let me be silent? Certainly. <laughs> oh dear, I had hoped we'd be able to get through one programme of hearing listeners in quarries without having to shoot anybody. <laughs> but sadly it was not to be. However, who's next? A quick question, please, because we're running out of time. Uh, could you please quickly give me a story of civilization and detail the various stages of evolution, together with a brief history of the Renaissance? <laughs> could we perhaps have a slightly quicker question than that? Why? Could we perhaps have a slightly longer question than that? What's life all about then, eh? Why are any of us here? Uh, because we offered you hospitality after the oh, show. All right, thanks very much. Jolly good. Narrow-minded, even-minded, bloody-minded, public-minded, simple-minded, single-minded, all kinds of people. Evil-minded, sober-minded, feeble-minded, strong-minded, double-minded, single-minded, all kinds of people. Get in touch with us on Backchat! <laughs> Oh, hello. Um, uh, yes, um, we've had a lot of letters saying uh, thank you for uh, the fact that uh, the, the ch 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 back, ch back chat show makes you uh, understandings a lot. Well, we've had a number of uh, a number of letters from people wanting to know uh, more about the home life of our top DJs. Uh, so we we immediately got in touch with Mike Channel and asked him to go down to Mike Flex's house and interview him. Is that all right? Yes, I'm here at the Flex Mansion, Dunjockin, as it's called. <laughs> which covers some five acres of beautiful Berkshire countryside, and what it covers it with is a hideous mock Tudor house, <laughs> liberally covered with fun fur scatter cushions and a series of pictures signed by Mike Flex, including the Laughing Cavalier and Whistler's mother. At first glance, the house could be thought to belong to a colourblind madman, who, having won an unexpected fortune on the pools, has gone on a demented shopping spree at Woolworths. However, the minute you ring the doorbell, you know it must belong to Mike Flex. Mike Flex! Mike, Mike, how are you doing, my main man? Hello, Michael. Come in, come in. Now, if you'd just uh, like to sign the visitor's book, <laughs> just there, uh, underneath Prince Andrew and the Aga Khan. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I seem to have smudged the page with my elbow. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Don't worry, I'll get them to sign it again when they come next week. Really? Yes. Okay, well, uh, let me show you one or two things of interest uh, in my house. Uh, note, first of all, the initials on the furniture, MF. <laughs> ah, yes. So you've painted out the eye. <laughs> And the, uh, the fireplace, which is an absolutely perfect replica of the one I had ripped out when I moved in. And the bedroom with the computerised bed. And the new feature that I've just had installed, Mike, the two-way mirror. Ah, yes. That's a window, in fact. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, the special two-way window. Yes, yes well, yes, Mike, Mike. Uh, if I can call you dickhead, uh, many thanks <laughs> for a fascinating insight into your taste. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming, Mike, and uh, best of luck getting back to the station. Got your bus pass? <laughs> yes. Get up and dance. Now is your chance to chat back. Chat back. Chat.
Mm, and how enjoyable it was having Mike Channel down at my house to see how the other half lives. Well, uh, Brigadier Lionel Smalls writes from memory in Gloucestershire, <laughs> praising our new Radio Journal series in which the lovely Chantelle Huer translates the news as it appears on French television. An excellent idea that allows us to get to know their country better, understand how they think, and work out when they're most likely to invade. <laughs> so here is an extract of that programme now. And the main story tonight concerns Madonna and Sean Penn. Madonna and Sean Stilo. <laughs> Yesterday evening, they were seen dancing down the nightclub, in a nightclub, one of the most famous in London, qui s'appelle Stringfellows which is called Tramps. <laughs> As they left, a consul sortait, they were involved in a slight skirmish with photographers, a massacre de photographes, in, <laughs> in which one photographer received a punch dans les testicules, <laughs> a blow to the groin. <laughs> As he fell, he called Sean Penn un wanker complet, <laughs> silly chap <laughs> and described Madonna's latest album as un grand tas de merde <laughs> a below par recording <laughs> he is now suing Sean Penn for having ruined his marriage life pour avoir ruiné son habilité de faire le gig gig Yes, indeed. Back chat. <laughs> Dr. Maitland of Exeter complains that one of our programmes seems to have an obsession with violence, death, destruction and stories of human suffering. He cites the 9 o'clock news as the worst offender. <laughs> 6 o'clock bulletin not far behind. And Mrs. Glynis Stote of Worthing, aged 93, writes in to complain about the amount of pop music on the radio these days. There is not nearly enough of it, she says. And could she in particular hear some more simple minds and anything by Fergal Sharkey. So here for you, Mrs. Stote is the man with the biggest vibrato in Ireland. It's Shergar Farkey. Radioactive listeners didn't manage to catch all the words of the last verse. We thought that this time we'd present a simultaneous translation. I want to tell you, I'm in love with you. I had hoped you might have taken the hint. I spelt it out for you in words of one syllable. But evidently, it was too much for your pea brain to take in. Come on, coffins. Don't be sick all your life. Take a day off. Deep down, you don't understand me. What's the problem? Have you never heard an Irish accent before? I'm fed up with you. You stuck up English cow. I'm leaving you. We're through. <laughs> 
Well, uh, we've had a number of religious inquiries from listeners to our popular Sunday evening show, God Alone Knows. And, uh, <laughs> and with us to try and answer them is the show's presenter, the Right Reverend Reverend Wright. Hello. Hello. So if I can just start with a selection of these uh, letters. Uh, what was the hymn you broadcast at the end of the show last week? Uh, could you please play Jerusalem for my husband's birthday next Sunday? Uh, will there be a Harvest Festival program this year? And finally, the right Reverend Reverend Wright, he wants the rough end of a pineapple up his backside. <laughs> uh, if you could start with the last letter. Oh, well, perhaps we could start with the first one instead, the hymn on last week's show. Uh, Reverend Wright, we do try on this show to answer listeners' inquiries, so I must press you on this. Do you want the rough end of a pineapple up your backside? Well, I don't really think that's the sort of question I'm qualified to answer. Well, I'm afraid I can't answer it for you. <laughs> um, look... I'm really an expert on religious matters, and this particular question seems to stray more into the medical field. Just the simple yes or no, please, Reverend. Yes, then. <laughs> Thank you very much. If there's something that you want to air, just get it off your chest. Just make a clean breast and drop it down to back chat. Back chat. Naughty. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Ever since uh, Oivin Vinstra joined us from Lillehammer Sound, we've had an endless stream of letters complaining about bad language, which seems to be how they describe Norwegian. Well, uh, <laughs> with us now to answer some of these. Oivin, welcome. <gasps> Duck. <laughs> uh, Mr. Anthony Munster writes to ask why you always speak Norwegian. Um... Why you always speak Norwegian. Ah. Um... No. All right. Uh, Sarah Dent asks you what you're doing here if you don't speak English. Uh, what I... What you're doing here. Uh, no. <laughs> John Bryson then asks who is Oivin Vinstra and why? Uh, John, John... Uh, okay. No. Uh, Jan Oxer says what a novel and educative notion to incorporate a Norwegian in the staff. Oh, well, that's very kind of him. Who is that? <laughs> yes, uh, I had a feeling you might understand that one. Well, uh, many thanks, Oivin, for coming along. Tuck. And... Uh, On with the music. If we caused if we don't make sense, yeah, 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 how do I do on my religion? Yeah, get on the phone and get your own back on back chat. Well, we come now to an issue that has caused more concern letters than the Chernobyl nuclear explosion or the American raid on Libya, and it involves this. And the question most of you wanted answered is why is the station employing Martin Brown? <laughs> well, here in the studio to defend himself is Martin Brown. Hello. And asking that question today are three of the 7,000 listeners who wrote in. <laughs> the head of the IBA, the organisation that monitors the quality of broadcasts, who has himself written in, expressing himself in such strong terms that he has banned his own letter from being read out. <laughs> A psychiatrist... And our own chairman, Sir Norman Tonsil, who was due to support Martin today, but who changed sides after he saw which way the wind was blowing. <laughs> so firstly, let's turn to one of our ordinary listeners, Katie Jones. Uh, perhaps you'd like to explain to Martin exactly what is concerning you. Certainly. Martin? Yes? You're a moron. <laughs> well, a succinct... Uh, a succinct criticism there. Uh, Martin, what do you have to say to that? Well, thank you very much, Katie. <laughs> That's a very fair point of view, and uh, certainly a rather difficult one to argue against, I think. Yes. <laughs> Good. Well, Martin defending himself strongly on that one. 
Uh, Martin, perhaps we could turn to this pile of letters here, uh, which mm-hmm. range from a note from the post office saying that if this volume of hate mail continues, they will have to start charging us for overtime, <laughs> to a letter from the... It's not clever, Martin. <laughs> to a letter from the Archbishop of Canterbury complaining that you performed an unnecessary act of personal hygiene during your show last Thursday. <laughs> what do you say to all of these? Oh, well, Mike, uh, you can't please all of the people all of the time, you know. Well, you can't please any of the people any of the time. I mean, we've even had complaints about the violence on the programme. Why is there not more violence towards my... Well, well Mike, I, I do personally receive quite a few fan letters, uh, which I, I have, have some with me. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> I see. Mm-hmm. Martin Brown is very good. Yes. I see, they all say that. Yes. Uh, and they come from a, a Mr Brown Martins. Uh, uh, I don't know him. A Mr Martin Brownlow. Mm-hmm. And a Martin Brown brackets Mrs. Is <laughs> Yes. Now, um, Sir Norman Tonsil, I know that in the past you have defended Martin on the grounds of being cheap, um, but how do you respond to this current criticism? Uh, well, I've done all I can. I have torn up his contract, replaced his picture in the foyer with a print of Constable's Hey Wayne, and had his locker burnt. Yes, but surely that's not going to be enough to satisfy most people. Uh, true, but I'm afraid these sort of measures that many of our listeners have advocated are sadly not yet permissible under the laws of this country. <laughs> well, there we have it. Martin, is there anything you'd like to come back on? No, Mike, all good points, I think, yes. Uh, but, but I do, do have with me these, uh, these tapes of Sir Norman Tonsil at last year's Christmas party, which, um, which I think the listeners might be interested in hearing. Eh? Ah. <laughs> now this puts an entirely different complexion on the whole thing. I wasn't aware that you'd been working so hard on your show, and in view of these improvements, I have no hesitation in re-employing you immediately. Anyone else's show you fancy doing at the same time? Oh, well, I must say, I've always fancied, uh, rather fancied presenting uh, Batchat. <laughs> Good. Well, that therefore just about brings us to the end of this uh, back chat, which will be back next week, presented by Martin Brown, apparently. Radioactive was performed by Moreno Banks, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton Stevens. Song by Philip Pope and Steve Brown. The programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins, with additional material by Michael Fenton Stevens. The producer was David Tyler. That concludes Radioactive's cultural link-ups with BBC Radio. Next week, Radioactive will be joining Lilyhammer Sound for the Oivind Vinstra Spectacular, <laughs> featuring indoor Matamuda, a five-a-side Etospart, and underwater communal Hortzlin. <laughs> That's all at the slightly later time of next week.